Good morning. This is uh, Chad and Larry with the Palmetto Real Estate Pros. We have Dawn with us as well. Good morning, everyone. Welcome in, Mr. Jordan. Good morning. Isn't it a great morning? 31 degrees when I got up this morning. It's getting warmer by the moment. It is hot now at 41. And uh, Dawn, uh, give us an update from Idaho. What is the temperature at the moment from Idaho? 20 degrees. 20? That's pretty good, actually. I was thinking, like, last week you said 6. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's not bad, actually. I um, I have yet to wear a coat outside, but I do dress in layers, and I wear a hat and gloves. <laughs> but um, coats are not necessary. And, you know, and it's always relative, because I always compare it to Alaska, and I guarantee it is never as cold as when I lived in Alaska, like, hands down. Right, and this is why I won't live in Alaska, I guess. So we're used to the warm weather, and I'm happy with it being 30, and that's uh, really cold. Yeah, <laughs> it is cold, <laughs> but it's, it's going to warm up to yeah. 70 over the weekend. So we're oh, getting nice. back to normal. That's nice. right. And um, interestingly enough, we are in a, uh, uh, you know, this is the cold wave. season. So we're supposed, it's supposed wave. to be cold. Well, actually, February by tradition is our coldest month. Right. You know, in February, you also always get that fake spring where, like, for just a few days, it warms up into the 70s, and you think, oh, gosh, summer or winter is over, and and then it immediately goes back to freezing rain again. Yes. (laughs) That's right. It's the the weather head fake that it gives us from time to time. So we're we're actually not talking doing a weather show. um, No. (laughs) But this is interesting stuff. So we're talking about real estate, and today – one of the things we wanted to, to talk about a little bit, you know, other than just interest rates and recession and all those interesting things that we know uh, we have to be aware of, uh, they're, they're, uh, we want to talk about some asset classes that are, are kind of recession-proof, things that, that, um, that, you know, they're touched by in, in inflation and recession because everything is. I mean, we can't say nothing uh you know there's there's things that aren't affected because the the way the market is the economics of the overall market it affects everything but there are um sectors of real estate that are are insulated in a sense (laughs) and so before we talk about those sectors i did want to mention i've been getting more emails and things this week uh, you know, hey, interest rates have gone down, you know, so hopefully Erica will, will join us today and we'll ask her about that. But, you know, when and when we say they've gone down, they're not like dropping to like back to 3%. No. We're talking, uh, you know, an eighth of a point, a quarter of a point, something like that. back down in the fives. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it could because the Fed said, you know, this is interesting. The Fed didn't say, hey, we're lowering interest rates. They said we're going to slow the pace of the rate we raise interest rates, or we're going to not maybe not slow the rate, the pace. We're going to uh, not raise it as much as we had done in the past. So that's encouraging to the market. So the market says, "Hey, we'll we'll go ahead and price that in too." I mean, we're literally back to 2016 interest rates right now. That's when I got into real estate. It was 2016? Was it no 2015? 2015 rates. Uh, you know, selling houses in the five five points all day long. That's it. It's back to normal. All right. So we'll get uh, we'll get an update from Erica if she joins us. Hopefully she will. But here's the good news. If she doesn't call us or give us an update, you can call Erica yourself. You can go on our website, click the link, and get more information on how and find out what, everything you need to know about the interest rates, 
what it looks like to buy a house, the process, all that stuff. And so what's the, what's the what's name the of the website? Um, well, the website is palmettorealestatepros.com because there's a link on our site to Erica's site. I don't remember her. It's probably lendingpath.com, but I don't want to, don't, don't quote me on that. Just go to our website, palmettorealestatepros.com, and you can look at all of our sponsors there. And uh, Erica is one of those. And just click the link, and it'll take you to that website, and you can get all that information you need. Right. It's, it's a good, interesting time we're in. Uh, interest rates go up and down, and that affects housing values, but not just housing values, but the values of real estate. It affects uh, everything. In, in, How in much general. You're paying on your credit card. How much interest you pay in your credit card? Exactly. A lot of credit cards are um, are whatever your rate is plus prime, and that prime is affected by the uh, Federal Reserve's interest rate going up and down. So. You know, a couple of years ago, I had an interest rate at 7%, and now it's up to, I don't know what it is, but I know it's higher than 7%. Many of the credit card rates, I mean, 17 20% are not uncommon. So this is why you want to get out of the, the consumer debt. You know, the debt, and we've talked about this many times, you, wanna, you want to invest or have, the only debt you want to have if you have debt is on assets, not on liabilities, not on things that don't produce anything. And I... I saw something that came across uh, my email during, um, Jan- you know, during the holiday season and uh, getting prepared for the new year. We make resolutions. And uh, the comment there was, hey, if you're going to make a resolution or buy something um, in the coming days, in the coming months, holiday, make, it, make something that you buy something that will re- give you a return. Try to make make it where you get a 10x return. So how could you do that? How in the <laughs> world could you do still. that? Well, this is easy because education should give you a 10x return. I mean, if you went to our workshop that we had in, was it October? October. 15th. You, I mean, it was a small investment relative. And, you know, I think it was a $500 course. Mm-hmm. And so with that $500, you should be able to get information to give you a $5,000 return. And that, that that's pretty easy, actually. Can I can I give an example of that right now? Yeah. <clears throat> uh, my friend Bella, that went to the course. She was one of the people that um, zoomed in uh, from another state. She has been actively pursuing option agreements, and she is about to sign her first option today. It's for a commercial piece of land on a super busy street right near a military base uh, in a in a town like near the ocean. And uh, she's putting it under contract for $400,000 and, and looking to option that out for about uh, half a million dollars. So there's a hundred thousand. Congratulations, Bella. Well, my goodness. Is she going to give me a percentage? That's a lot of. <laughs> I hope she's going to give me a percentage. <laughs> this is great, though. This is the what we're talking about. You can invest in things that return money to you, not things that just take your money. You know, we know Christmas. People like to get gifts. It's expected that we give gifts, and it's a good thing, uh, you know. But many times, those gifts within you know a few short weeks, months, maybe they're kind of forgotten. It's not that they weren't appreciated and uh, enjoyed, but you know you just forget. I mean, think of the toys you get kids; they play with it solid, you know, for a couple of days, a month, and then it's like, what happened to that toy? Oh, it's buried in my closet somewhere. Or something, you know, and it's kind of the same thing when you're an adult. It's kind of like a toy, the things we get. And then later it's like, well, you know, that's interesting, but I need a new one now. 
Uh, you know, let's invest it in things that give us a return, not just things that just cost us. But I, I do have to say congratulations to this lady because she did something. She didn't just take the course and walk away. She did it. Right. So yeah. that, there's a lot of people that go and get education and never use it. But anyhow, Chad, what are we going to be talking about today? We're going to talk about some of these asset classes that are as much as possible recession-proof because they're, they're lasting. And I would like to even add, before we talk about commercial side, that really residential is it's more recession-proof than other, other things that yeah. you can buy. So things go up and down, real estate goes up and down, but hang on through the hard times and it's going to, uh, you'll, you'll do okay in the end if you hold on. So um, we'll be back in short a uh, minute after these uh, couple words from sponsors. Welcome back to Palmetto Real Estate Pros with Larry, and we got Dawn with us, and we have our my name. Um, yes, the wise one. You just want to go by the wise one? No, no. You, you hesitated. Okay. Well, I do know your name. Thank you. Um, so we've got Erica on the line, also, which is fantastic because um, we we want an update. We need an update, right, Erica? So how are you today? And tell us what is happening. Hi guys, I'm great. It's Friday. It is Friday. Yes, thank goodness. It is Friday. Um, so we had a good day yesterday in the market. Uh, it, it looks like they're going to open a little bit right now. A little bit worse than yesterday, but we still have a while until the market opens. We're about 48 basis points down. So we'll see. We'll see. But uh, the basically, the market was a, a responding to... Uh, the federal chair Powell speech from yesterday. Um, basically, they said that we can expect smaller rate increases. Not that there won't uh, be rate increases. They'll be smaller. It's going to be smaller. Isn't it amazing um, how much could, power this this guy has? His the the yeah. slightest inflection, even of what he says at times, can really affect the market. Of course, it can. Right? <laughs> it's incredible. We're all, we're all just projecting. So. Um, and, and what that means is that we, we think around December 14th, we're going to see another another Fed, Fed, head, uh, Fed rate hike, um, but it would probably not be quite as big as it has been in the past, which is good news. Um, today, we've got some, some things that we need to look out for. I think there is a, a jobs report that's coming out today. So we, uh, we could expect to see a very strong day in the market once that jobs report comes out. Um, what this means is that I think that we are starting to trend um, for better rates. That's that's good news. I know that uh, most of what I'm saying is basically like French to most people, but it's things that we, we, look, we look at every day. We got 80 basis points yesterday. The market rallied based on those conversations. Um, and basically, anticipation of a cooler inflation reading um, for today as well. So we will see as the day goes on, but what that means is if you're still looking to buy or sell, there are people that want to buy your house. There are homes out there that people are, are listing every day. So it is still a good time. Rates are cooling off a little bit, and even if it's not your ideal rate, 
you know that when rates do come down, you'll be able to refinance and, and be able to take advantage of a lower payment. Erica, I'm, I'm seeing some things with builders and, and some other folks that, that are offering these uh, interesting, I guess, new things now because of interest rates. Like, you know, if you go ahead and buy your house now, and mostly this is builders, you know, because they, they use their in-house. They try to use their in-house lenders and whatnot. But um, if you buy your house, we we will actually refinance your house for free when rates go down. Have you seen that? Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm sure there is a huge asterisk. What they mean is... <laughs> yes, exactly. There's always fine print. You know, because we absolutely will do that for any of our people, too. Um, and what we mean is we will refinance you for free, meaning we won't charge any of our fees because that's what we can control, Right. Um, but you're still, you stood, still could, uh, have to get an appraisal and in our state pay for title search and a closing with an attorney. So even though that we can do our best at reducing any, any additional fees, there's still going to be some fees associated that we're not going to have the ability to waive on behalf of an appraiser or a closing attorney. So there's always an asterisk and I've seen it and I've looked back down and, and what they mean is we're not going to charge you anything. We're not going to charge you anything, but there's still third parties that will, and so you'll be responsible for those fees. And that will help the cost when the time comes. But I don't think for any minute that a builder is saying, hey, we'll pay your additional $7,000 to refinance you at whatever time frame. Exactly. So there's a lot of things going on in the market. And, uh, folks, if you're listening, this is why you need to contact Erica because she's an expert in the market all these daily things that she's talking about, the uh, basis points, all these these uh, technical things that we discuss on the radio and that Erica knows intricately in detail, uh, you don't need to know all those things. What you need to have is an expert that knows them, and you just go to the expert. So, Erica, we encourage folks to go to our website, click on the link, and uh, start that process um, and even if you're selling a house, it's worth talking to a lender or talking to us because we want to get folks pre-qualified that are looking if they're not already so that you don't have people, you know, coming to, a, to your house if you're looking at selling that aren't already pre-qualified. So, Erica, we appreciate you calling in. And, um, you know, I know you'll keep us up to date on what's going on. And we just encourage folks to call you because you know all the details that they don't need to know and can walk us through or them through the process. That would be awesome. Yes. Thank you all for, for allowing me to be here. And just a friendly reminder to everybody else to tune in on Tuesdays from 9 to 10 for Your Way Home with John and Erica. And I hope you all have a wonderful weekend. Great plug. And <laughs> join them Tuesdays. That's right, 9 o'clock. So thank you, Erica. We appreciate it. Thanks, Erica. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So Erica's, you know, got the details, the daily stuff that goes on. And, and it's kind of like, uh, we may have even mentioned this before watching interest rates is like watching your stock portfolio daily. Oh, it's so it's a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't look at it. Just go to the expert when you're, when you're in the market. I mean, you need to know, know things, check things out, but doing a daily search is going to make you, you know, crazy. I mean, I, so one of the investors that we work with a lot and has bought and sold multiple houses with our brokerage, um, he asked me yesterday if we've got had a house listed and, you know, there's some mitigating circumstances to, as to why uh, there's not a lot of interest in the house right now. 
And um, he said, "Is it are people you know worried about the interest rates?" And I said, "Actually, nobody's even asking. Nobody's even talking about the interest rates. Like nobody, nobody is. It's, it has nothing to do with the interest rates. It has to do with some other decisions that were made there." But um, that being said, most people are more concerned with: Is their payment affordable? Can I afford the payment? You know, what are the terms? And, um, and these are the yeah. things that drive the price and how long houses sit on the market in many cases, because, um, you know, if, if interest rates are higher, you know, especially double what they were, then that means someone who could buy a, you know, $300,000 house two years ago, can't buy a $300,000 house. Now they can buy two, 225 or 250 or whatever it is. So it changes their buying power. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I saw a couple articles, and we're going to get into these more stable assets, the ones that are kind of recession-proof in quotation, um, because you have, remember, all the prognosticators. I've seen emails that say we're going to have an 18% drop in the prices, and then others that say a 5% drop, and because the easy thing is saying prices are going to go down because prices are down. I mean, so you're not yeah, a— They're already softening. Yeah, so you're not— you know, doing, you don't have a crystal ball to know that, uh, how much they're going to go down. Nobody knows, um, how much softening, if you will, we don't know, but even if it's 18%, let's just pretend for a moment it's 18%. That's still not, I mean, it went up way more than that. And, uh, since 2020. Yeah. So if it goes down 18%, we went up like 35%. So you're still better off than you would if you just didn't buy a house kind of what i told you this morning chad everybody has all kind of predictions but whatever you end up with the sky is not falling a regular home goes up in value unless you just don't take care of it that's right so let's look at some of these these uh, asset classes and this is kind of more in the commercial field uh you know again residential is pretty stable too i mean overall Let's make sure they understand what you're talking about classes. It's not going to class. No, we're talking about <laughs> different types of real estate Yeah, that, uh, that kind of are holding steady because of where we're at in the economy. So um, let me, let me, we'll ask a couple questions as we start this. Okay. Do you think people are always going to get sick? Probably yes. there's somebody going to be sick somewhere in the world. Are people getting older or younger in the United States? Older. Okay, so we know there's probably going to be more people that need medical care. Or places to live to take care of some of the elderly. Okay, so we, we, you've just talked about one potential class, the life sciences class of real estate. So this would be like medical facilities. Mm-hmm. Can, can I even add to that? Are people always going to be having babies? Um, the good Lord tells them to <laughs> be fruitful and multiply. That's right. I mean, that's one of those recession-proof businesses. Also, is a, a pregnancy center. So right along in that medical field, right? So these are medical. And and what you notice about the medical field is when, uh, let's just say a um, a pediatric doctor opens a facility, they usually want to be in a a place where there's other medical folks around. So that they can also go to the maybe the ear, nose, and throat doctor or something. So there's, it's kind of grouped together. And this is an industry that's not going anywhere. Oh yeah, and tied along with it is Recession the research, proof. you know, centers that go along with the medical. Well, that's right. The research centers, testing facilities, yeah. all Come these to things. Think of it. 
I I remember this is back in uh, Alaska. I knew a lady who um, she was a, uh, a receptionist in a medical center. Now there are about four doctors in her office alone, and there were other you know medical facilities. It was in this little kind of strip mall kind of thing, and um, the building went up for sale. And she got together with a couple other the receptionists and bought the building, and she became a landlord to this medical center just having worked as a receptionist there started making that income so it's kind of i think in line with what we're talking about today not just recession proof um, investments but medical centers and it's not that hard to get into people it's and, not that and, hard to and get so into think about this too dawn because if you're if, if we know medical is a solid area then probably having housing near medical centers is a good idea so you these are areas the that yeah it's it, it grows on each other mm-hmm. so these life sciences um, where people do research for medical and then the medical facilities themselves i saw uh, some information that said researchers predict that 65 percent of the world's population will be part of the middle class by 2030 hmm. so why that's important <laughs> why i mean think about this though why is that important well if more people are moving out of poverty, which is a great thing. They're going to want more medical. They're going to take care of themselves better, have more free money to go take care of their teeth, take care of their arm that's hurt, go check it out, where if you don't have any money, you just say, yeah, no, I'll just deal with it. It, it. You know, so this is a good thing. So let's continue this discussion. We'll be back in a few minutes, and we'll talk about some other asset classes. We're back. It is Chad, Larry, and Dawn with the Palmetto Real Estate Pros. And before we get going too far, I need to remind everyone to go to Palmetto Real Estate Pros to check out our sponsors and to listen to the podcast if you don't make all the show. And uh, right now we have uh, picked up the topic of medical um, or actually types of classes of real estate, types of real estate that are more recession proof because of demand and the first one we talked about was medical and life sciences research facilities Uh, we know this is something that's so needed and uh, we're moving into the medical facilities which we see demand it just continues and uh, one of the things that that uh, was mentioned in one of the articles i was looking at was telemedicine and uh, that uh, many medical um, i guess commercial real estate people who focus in in the medical industry were a little concerned like you know telemedicine might really hurt uh, people being in medical facilities you know doctors wanting to be on site but they've not seen that take place because if you think about telemedicine if anybody's um, participated in telemedicine isn't it great (laughs) and so it's kind of good it can be good (laughs) but at the same time they can't really diagnose they can't there's something about medical you have to be seen I come in and let's do an x-ray let's do a scan let's do it let's do it let's do it so remember the uh commercial academy we we're in and um scott there so for you listening chad and larry and i in may went to uh some education and educational course in um commercial real estate and something that they had mentioned was a gentleman who bought a strip mall 
and um, just ended up putting like grouping. In this case, it was a veterinarian, right? Right. Um, which could also be recession proof as far as I know. But, um, you know, buying a strip mall and just grouping medical offices in there. I mean, it's not like you have to go open a hospital. You don't have to buy a hospital. You don't have to, you know, you know, by so we're talking about like owning the office owning the building we're not necessarily talking about owning the practice right. and think about how i mean you've got people like dermatologists pediatrics dentists plastic surgeons primary care physicians and most of these folks are are pretty credit worthy tenants they have income they have the people uh, urgent they care sign, wellness they, all these they things sign long leases right long the, yeah they want to. They don't want to go from place to place because once they're clients, they're customers. They're established. Figure out where they're located. You don't want to keep changing. You want to right. stay in your place for for years and years and years and become the trusted doctor that people see. And then you think about this when you change to uh, one place to another. You you there's a potentiality you can lose your client base. So they're going to probably stay put and um, try to stay in that that location long term. These are these are high growth areas for the most part. I mean, you look at uh, North Carolina has the uh, I think they call it the triangle or something, and it's medical that you got the medical um, uh, the school you have which has medical research. You have doctors' offices and the industry that supports all those different people who live and work in those areas. So it's a great sector if you're thinking about commercial real estate or something that's going to withstand the 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 winds of change in the economy that's right so we've got uh so we've kind of covered that one and another one that that you know maybe people see a lot more i'm seeing a lot more of it just anecdotally is self-storage i love (laughs) self-storage isn't that interesting i mean i've seen them come up all over the place and you know when you just look at it you're like how can there be this much self-storage that people need well we have a lot of stuff People have lots of stuff. And they want to keep their stuff and never see it for years at a time. And My I, uncle, when he passed, he had four storage units. He didn't throw anything away. Like, he was a hoarder, but he didn't hoard at his house. He hoarded in storage units. And think about yeah. this. Yeah. If he was he paying... cars in there. Right. If I mean, I don't know what he was paying, but even if he was cheap, cheap, $50 a month, which would be really super cheap now, and he had four of those... That's $200 a month, and he never showed up there. He didn't. Yeah. There's no toilets. You still have tenants, but there's no toilets. Uh, you may or may not have air conditioning. Some of them are air conditioned now. So it's you're renting or you're, you have the, the land space and a covered place to put people's stuff. If they don't pay, you have the opportunity to auction off the storage unit or you know open it and keep everything and sell it on the secondhand market. Um, so there are a few different income streams there. Exactly. Yeah. I like, um, I'd noticed in the article that we had read that, uh, New York city has 27,012 people per square mile. Can you imagine how crowded that is and where do they put their stuff when they're renting an apartment complex building? that's only 800 square feet. And sharing it with five other people. Exactly. Yeah. So related to that is is uh, like right now, I think it, it was uh, 1950, 64% of people lived in the city. 
Not Today, now. it's 83%. Right. Which means you have less space. The That's density right. is more, so you have to have more facilities to hold people's stuff. Yeah, and so the I don't know how many of them there are in New York, but I guarantee you there's a bunch of places that people have storage and they've had it there for years. And another thing, there's, there's mom-and-pop-operated self-storage buildings and facilities that people built a long time ago or they're not up to snuff they don't really treat it as a business you know those are maybe prime opportunities for a new investor to come in put a new fence up that's a digital keypad fence correct you know do some things that make it bring it up to more uh, standard of today make it more secure put cameras up these kind of things and start to increase rent and treat it like a business and have a really good return on it on your money and i think anywhere you go around the city of columbia if you look around you're gonna find some of those facilities chad even here in this area i'm sure they've got them out there in idaho too yeah i've seen facilities that have uh an apartment attached to it so the uh, manager even if they're not the owner the manager actually lives on site on the facility so mm -hmm. not just a house but a good income <laughs> and um i have a friend in Tulsa, Oklahoma, who built a storage unit, and he built an indoor unit, and those indoor units are climate controlled, and he was an engineer, and he actually designed, I don't remember the, it's like this thermal air conditioning, uh, Larry, you might know this, where it goes actually under the ground, and the ground cools the The ground air. does the cool Radiant air. heating. Right, yeah. radiant heating. And um, so on this 5,000-square-foot facility, his air conditioning bill was about $60 a month. <laughs> yeah, there, a lot of people are doing that in some of these, like Nevada and very desert-like places. Mm -hmm. That's what they're using for air conditioners when the temperature is 105 degrees outside. It's expensive to install. But the but after you install it, the pricing is is a lot better. So these yeah, yeah. simple technology. Just you yeah. got to spend the time to do it. Yeah, I mean this was back in the um, early 2000s, and he spent about sixty thousand dollars building the unit underground. Um, but you know, for a five thousand square foot facility, again, it's sixty. It's sixty seven dollars a month. Um, I mean, how fast did that pay for itself? Exactly. And, you know, what I don't know if anybody, uh, we all should remember Kmart, <laughs> right? The big K. I remember. Not here Kmart. anymore. Yeah. They partnered with Sears and now they're both gone. And, you know, a lot of the big K's, if you, if you look, have become self storage facilities. That's right. U uh, Haul is bought a lot of them. And U Haul, uh, I'm just here in um, Casey, West Columbia, they bought one of the big K's there. And they've become a hub, so they've got their uh, they've converted the facility over to self storage, and they have their trucks there where you can rent your. So there's huge demand, and when you see a company like U-Haul and um, big companies getting into the self storage business, you know it's something that there's money. There's there's money there. There's a return on your investment, and you know it's still a process of management. You still have tenants, but there are some definite upsides and it's one of those that that stand the test of time I think how smart that was because they get a facility to turn into self-storage they get a huge parking lot to put all their trucks and they get a garage exactly all at the yep. same time all that Come and to think of it it was the uh big k in northern california 
when I rented one that became a U-Haul and a trailer. Yeah. They're, they're one of the biggest buyers of the the old Big K or, uh, mm -hmm. you know, the Kmarts because there's lots of space. And it's it's good, though, because it would just be empty space. It would be a dilapidated building that just sits there. So it's one better story. to have somebody using it. Mm -hmm. Yep, single story. You don't have to put in an elevator or a freight elevator. And this goes back to our previous topic of medical in a lot of ways because we were talking about why, you know, the the aging of our population. You think if there's um, people aging out of the workspace, workforce, they're aging out of their bigger homes, they want to downsize, they have nice furniture that they've accumulated over 40, 50 years of their life, they don't want to sell it in a garage sale. <laughs> Because, you know, what do you get at garage sales? Junk. <laughs> well, you get... Well... No, I'm saying when you sell stuff at a garage sale. You know this from your wife. She wants to put out her plates at a garage sale for $3 a piece, and people want to give you a quarter. So what do they yeah. do instead? I'm not selling that for that. I'm going to put it in storage. So you see this more and more, and it's going to become more and more common because people don't want to give away their, their nice stuff. And so it's going to be left in a storage facility... <laughs> For the, the their kids and their families that, later. That won't want it. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Or they'll sell it yeah. at a garage sale. Yeah. <laughs> so this is why the self-storage is a good good uh, good investment if you're looking at something that's going to stand well, the test of time. Think of that, Chad. The article that we were reading says it's a, it's a multi-billion dollar business. It, it is. Multi-billion. Uh, you just sit back. There's little maintenance. You just sit back and rake in the money. Yeah. They don't pay. You get rid of their stuff, and then you move somebody else in, and you just sit back. It's low overhead. You don't have a huge um, staff that has to go in and, you know, take care of the place. Now you've got everything on video surveillance to watch the place. Um, probably your biggest cost is going to be if it's an indoor facility, um, electrical, heating, air. And if it's an outdoor facility, you know, maintaining the parking lot <laughs> every few right. years. Exactly. So we've only got a few minutes, or not even a minute. I think we're closing out this segment. Got about 10 seconds. But self-storage is a great one. Hang on, and we'll talk about the next one when we come back from our break. Uh, so self-storage has low vacancies, and it's a great place to look at if you're looking at getting into something recession-proof. Hang on. We'll be back shortly. We're back. This is Chad. This is Larry, and we're live radio. Dawn is with us. Welcome back in. Uh, join us uh, live if you can. If you're listening now live, great. If you can't, join us on our podcast at palmettorealestatepros.com. We're talking about real estate, and we're talking about real estate sectors that will stand the test of time when the economy goes up, when the economy goes down. These are super super stable that you can um, count on and not because they're something wonderful about the buildings it's because there is demand there that is going to be there whether things are good or whether things are bad and we don't think about it sometimes right we don't think about it and this this next one we talked about uh, medical we talked about um, research facilities we talked about self-storage before the last break 
This one is really interesting. I didn't even think about this until I, I saw this article, but it's so huge right now. And it's industrial, industrial space. And so think about this. Do we buy a lot of things, need a lot of stuff that we buy online, and do you think that's going away? Technology. I mean, I don't think online buying and uh, the technology the needed. Amazon's going anywhere anytime No, they're soon. not going anywhere. <laughs> Are we going to give up our cell phone? No. Yep. <laughs> so it's kind of like self-storage in, in a little bit, um, but it's different. So this isn't storage of your stuff. It's but storage of your personal information. Exactly. So this semiconductor manufacturing space, it has seen tremendous increase in in um, space utilized, but also that's needed. Because all the things we do, all the smart stuff we do, requires a computer somewhere. So we don't see it because we, we're wireless. But all that data is accumulated, it's kept, and it has to work seamlessly if it's if we're going to see our phones and our smart TVs and our other stuff to work like they're supposed to. So this uh, space is needed to, and, and it requires a lot of space. It requires air conditioning to cool computers. And so uh, there's there's a lot of demand for this. And, and typically places are looking in the these Midwestern states and Southern states. How, how big does a... Any idea, does it say, uh, how big a, one of these facilities needs to be and how far do they stretch? Are they uh, fueled by um, fiber cable or how do you connect? Well, let me give you an example because, um, I mean, it's, it's a bottleneck right now. You've probably heard this in the news that, that there's a chip shortage. And so here's an example. A Taiwan semiconductor manufacturing company is building a $12 billion, with a B, 3.8 million square foot facility in Arizona. Wow. Massive capital expenditures as you can you can see. So they're Wait, buying the I'm land. Sure. Did you say 12 billion square feet? No, I said 12 billion dollars, 3.8 oh, okay. million square feet. Oh wow. That's still a little still, bit. I bet that goes underground. I bet they they've got to bury it deep underground at that point. Like how many stories is that? Help keep it cool as well, you know. Right. But, so this yeah. is a uh, this is going online. This one that I mentioned is going online in 2024. And think about this: if you're building a 12 billion dollar plant, and you're putting 3.8 million square feet to use in Chandler, Arizona, do you really? think they're going to need housing? Do you know where Chandler is? I don't. Chandler's in the middle of Phoenix. <laughs> I mean, oh, wow. I used to live in Mesa, which was a suburb of Phoenix and bordered Chandler. It's like, it's literally the city. That's crazy. That's so, crazy. So they're going to need more people. They're going to have to hire people. So they're going to have to buy land, or they bought the land, constructing a plant, which is construction workers, tons of I guarantee them. guarantee it's a secure facility, mm -hmm. so they need at least a... Mm -hmm. uh, hundred feet you know probably uh, a football field anyway between the gate and whatever facility it is to avoid explosions and such what, what do you think that's going to mean to the state oh Just so them much doing money that. i mean it's like so have to have money. thousands of people involved i mean it's not just that plant but other facilities around it that helps supply to that plant I'm going to look at real estate around there. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. So this is why, you know, you, the, the, the whole city or the whole area will, will cha have to change mm -hmm. to support 
that size facility, and you have a si- facility that size, you're going to need people to work the facility, secure the facility. Um, you know, there's all kinds of things that go into that, which is a huge resource for a community, and uh, they need more of these places. Yeah, and, and hmm. I think we're seeing more people migrate so- south with these big manufacturing plants because the land is cheaper and the weather's nice. Right, and so these are... If you think about it, they they require electronic component, their production facilities, and guess how uh, they run? They run 24-7. They have to run 24-7. To keep up with the demand. That's right, because the and really the only way they can be profitable is to run 24-7. And so they need people there all the time, and this is one of those things that if um, – you had the right resources, like when I say resources, uh, the right contacts, um, the right, you find out where they want to be, what kind of space they need. It's like with anything else, you could maybe facilitate something that will, you know, have a huge impact on a community and a huge impact on, you know, your return as a investor or helping them find these places. And, you know, and imagine the tax breaks I bet they're getting by uh, from the city, <laughs> by the state, from, you know, putting this in, installing this. And this is part of, part of infrastructure. Exactly. So these are, these are things that, um, that you're going to see more and more. So here's, here's, an, uh, here's another example, Dawn. Samsung just talked about plans that they're going to build a plant. Uh, where is this one? Taylor, Texas. And it's only going to— Tyler, gonna... Tyler, Texas. T-A-Y-L-A-R. Yep. Tyler? Okay. So uh, this one's only going to be $17 billion to build this 6 million square foot plant. Yep. So another facility. These are huge facilities. There's a lot of manufacturing plants there. And the only reason I know about that area is because I have a friend who, um, when I lived in Dallas, it's a couple hours out of Dallas, but he ran a uh, a uh, manufacturing company there and they make screws and um like screw fittings that's what they manufacture there in that area has a bunch of manufacturing plants there pretty little town too exactly so you've got um all these things that we see on the horizon uh they're they're not even on the horizon they're here we're behind really and uh, you may have heard in the news that taiwan for example is the largest chip manufacturer in the world and there's concern with China rising up against Taiwan. They're going to take over Taiwan, and then they're going to, uh, you know, be able to use the chips that we need. I mean, think about it. There was a car think... shortage. We couldn't yeah, get cars because the chips weren't here. I'm hoping that we're not going to let China take over Taiwan. Uh, you would because, hope. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't think that anybody in the Western United Western Hemisphere wants that because of the impact it will have on all of our electronics, televisions, phones, cars. I mean, those are the chips. You just said, what was it, 90% of the world's computer chips are made there. I doubt that we're going to let it happen. I, I sure hope not. So you, you, the U.S. Uh, Department of Commerce is involved in these things. And matter of fact, the U.S. Department of Commerce um, m- mentioned in this particular article that that they've seen an increase just from 2019 to 21 of almost 20 percent of of this of a need because we've had a and we know this we've had a digital transformation you know the world is not analog anymore 
You know, we don't shuffle papers. The world is blockchain. It's not necessarily crypto, but we're switching over to blockchain. Well, and that's, that's kind of where the crypto comes in and the digital currency. Um, the United States is talking about a digital currency. So these things are all on the horizon. I don't want that to happen either. <laughs> but uh, these are things that are in the works. And so you see, just by looking at things that we, we kind of know, we intuitively know these things are changing. But in and, and the real estate world, what we want to do is kind of say, okay, if we see things changing around us, we see need, put ourselves in the middle of the need, and you're going to have opportunities for, well, for profit, for with the, serving. Go ahead. Sorry. With the few minutes we've got left, let's talk about mobile home parks. Oh, yes. One of those recession-proof things, and let's go back to, like, you know, old school, right? Mobile home parks are incredibly lucrative. That is an asset class that is recession-proof. They tend to get a lower, um, lower rents, which makes them affordable, one of the first affordable places that somebody can live. You can buy them used on the market for, you know, pennies on the dollar and have them moved into the spaces. And um, they're a very lucrative asset class. You can hire a property manager. You can manage the place yourself. Um, but yeah, that's one of those recession-proof asset classes that tends to make a lot of money, no matter what the economy looks like. That's correct. And mobile home parks are not something people may be like, ah, I don't want to own a mobile home park. That's not, you know, I wouldn't feel good about that. Well, somebody's going to manage those places and you might as well get involved in something that's going to have uh, the, the return. And you can serve people who need places that they can't afford otherwise. I mean, right. we have mobile home parks, and we have great people in these mobile home parks. You a couple know, years ago, yeah, there was a, a place over in uh, on the outskirts of Aiken. It was a mobile home park. It had eight homes in it. It was $79,000 for sale uh, with the opportunity to, with four more spaces to move four more homes in it. 12 homes, $79,000. You could have bought a mobile home park, now, and the whole place cash flowed at $2,400 a month. What a great place to end the show today. These asset classes that last, recession-proof. Join us next week. We'll join you again at 9 o'clock every Friday, palmettorealestatepros.com, and we're out. Have a good weekend. Admit it. You've been woken out of a home improvement fever dream after an HGTV binge session and believed you could be a house flipper. Well, that dream is more realistic than you thought. Let the pros at the Palmetto Real Estate Group of SC guide you through the investment and rehab process. And let's make those dreams come true. Learn more at palmettoreg.com.